This is uh, episode X, <laughs> six, five, six, um, and today we're doing Belgian beer. This is our first non-UK episode, and uh, as a special treat, we have two semi-new panelists. You heard them on last time through the wonders of the internet, but they're now here with us in person. And uh, with me as ever is Shovels. Hello, Shovels. Hello. And up from London in person, we have Andy and Jess. Hello, Andy and Jess. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, we're doing four Belgian beers today, and we're going to start off with uh, Timmermans Peach Lembic. Mm. So Paul's going to do the... I'll do the honours. Do the honours. A nice orangey bottle. Now the reason we invited uh, Andy and Jess up is because they've recently come back from Belgium, so they can give us their expert opinions on what they got up to. You went to Brussels, is that right? We did. We went over New Year's there, and um, we stayed in a hotel just next to the European Union. Um, and drank many beers. <laughs> Good research. <laughs> Nothing to do with drinking beers, but um, it was pretty central. And um, we had a, we wandered around and, and, and drank a lot of beer, which I don't normally drink. Yes, no. I'm a man that likes your fruity beers, though. If yes. You're, if you're, and this is certainly fruity. Yeah, knows that. Wow. <laughs> no doubting what fruits in this one. <laughs> Yeah, this is a peach lembic. Now, a lembic is a highly traditional, specific Belgian beer, which we'll talk about in a bit later. But it's very nice. Mm. It looks, it looks like um, kind of a fizzy pop. It does look a bit like iron, iron <laughs> brew. Iron <laughs> brew. Yeah. It tastes like a fizzy pop as well. It's very, very sweet and easy to drink mm. at two twenty mm. in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. It's only 4%, unlike a lot of the Belgian beers we'll be trying later, it's quite a yeah, lot. <clears throat> decided to start off uh, steady on this one and build up. It's no point battering your taste buds. No. Mm. no. Well, I, I started off drinking just the um, cherry and strawberry and raspberry beers um, in, 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 in Brussels. And I only um, tried a peach one towards the end on our last full day there. Um, but it was so nice that I, I, I just drank peach from then on. Because I thought, as you probably would think, that um, peach is a bit, could be a bit sickly as a beer. Mm. Um, but in fact, it was delightful, um, refreshing, light, um, lovely to drink on a, a sunny afternoon as it was. Mm. And Try it next year then. For <laughs> yeah. I don't normally like sweet drinks at all and which is why I go for beer every single time but I'm surprised that the fruit beers are really nice yeah. like the, you know I tried the cherry ones as well in Belgium and it, it works for some reason mm. <laughs> sure we've got a cherry one up next so we yeah. can try that why is it the Belgians are so good at their fruit beers yeah well the, the Belgians they have the certain specialised ways of brewing and the, the Lembic is 
unique, it's not found anywhere else. Um, it's one of these very distinctive types, it's brewed in open troughs, it's not brewed in, in barrels. Um, the idea being that whereas most beers have yeast added to them by the brewers, the Lembic is left in a huge open air container and natural yeast drops in from the air and ferments actually in the... Wow. Uh, a lot of the yeast and the microorganisms are actually contained in the wooden troughs, but a lot of the stuff does come in on the breeze. So how do they how do they control the um, the fermentation process if it's just open? Well, they don't. They leave it for months. They leave it open over summer, and it just does it. Um, they're only only produced in one small valley just outside Brussels called the Seine Valley. So every lembic in the world will have been produced within fifteen kilometres of Brussels. Wow. Incredible. Uh, this this one that we've got today actually tastes, um, if you can believe it, um, slightly more beery than the peach ones that I had in in Belgium. Mm. It just tastes almost like a kind of fruit fruit punch. Yeah, fruit punch. Yeah, which is not alcoholic. A <laughs> 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 not alcoholic fruit punch. Mm. Um, but still, I, I as a, as a non beer drinker, I really really like this. Well, although. Alarmingly, looking at the label, I see e-numbers. Yes, it has e-numbers. Now, this is a, a fruit lambic, but it's not got actual fruit in it. The cherry one we're going to be trying later had cherries in it, but because peach stones are quite bitter, they only put juice in. Oh, right. So it's beer plus juice rather than beer plus fruit. It's beer juice, then. And, yeah, <laughs> and unlike the, the one we're going to try next, um, this is sweetened because uh, a lot of them are quite bitter and quite dry. So this one has sugar in it which mm. is really sweet. Yeah, it is. I've got, got a picture here of the actual open-air cask. We'll put this on the podcast so you can all see it now. But that's wow. a huge open-air vat, and the beer just sits there for six months and ferments. Looks like half the size of a swimming pool. Yeah, mm. it's enormous, isn't it? You could actually go swimming in beer. Oh, how good would that be? <laughs> <laughs> well, this one would be a little sticky, I think. But... <laughs> Your lap times would get worse and worse. <laughs> Stop drinking the beer, Taylor. <laughs> Why is the level of the pool going down? <laughs> they did scientific tests once and they found 86 different microorganisms in one of these beers. Just completely that derived from the air. And just... 86 that are good for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's one of the reasons why they only brew this over summer is because in the winter the microorganisms change and uh, because of the weather more and more nasty ones go in so they only mm. do it over summer. Mm. It is nice though. If I watched cricket... Which I <laughs> then I would drink this as I was watching cricket. Instead of Pims? Uh, no, Pims as well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the official but website says you should drink this from a champagne flute. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of drink. Which we are. <laughs> <laughs> flute? <laughs> um, I noticed the, the old um, Belgian family on the front of the label here look uh, strikingly similar to the old Preston boys that are on the... Uh... They do, yes. <laughs> that was the time, yeah, they started brewing this in 1780 yeah. in, in one small town called Itabeek, which is uh, just outside Brussels. Uh, sadly now, the brewery is now owned by a giant conglomerate called Anthony Martin, who own uh, Guinness and McEwan's, Magna's, Orangina, Gatorade, various of the labels. Um, but they still brew it in the same traditional way they used to back in 1780s. Well, mm-hmm. well it's slightly more. Um, I can't remember the, um, the, the the brand of the peach beer that I had in Belgium. Would this be the same? Do you think? Uh, no, I mean, there's, there's probably 
in doing my, my research for this, there's, there's quite a few peach. A lot, a lot of the local Belgian breweries produce fruit beers and cherry and peach are the, the common ones, mm. strawberry. Because, as we were saying, it, it's, it's from such a specialised area that pretty much everyone who lives in that area and who produces beer will produce one of these. So it's kind of, you get a lot of them in Belgium. Well. How are you with the fruit, Jess? You enjoy it? Um, you finished it? That's a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> I finished it, but I don't think I could have... I, yeah, I'd have to move on to a bitter, a bitter beer afterwards. I wouldn't, you know, mm. I wouldn't stick to this. It's just too much, really. It's it's nice as a, a little, for a little while, and then a very deep. Exactly, yeah. We're too sweet for for a, a kind of session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get on the peach on the session. <laughs> <laughs> how, how big a glasses were you, were you getting when you're in Belgium? The little small. No, it's the the, um, the big the kind big of ones. Oh, the round brandy glass kind yeah. of fact, yeah. yeah. Oh, on the other beer that we've got, there's a picture on the back of the type of glass it used to have. It's like a brandy glass, isn't it? Yeah, mm. thicker stuff. Yeah. We were talking when we did the Southern English beers, uh, Alison, we were talking about um, pregnant women not being able to drink beer. Mm. And this actually has a symbol on the back of the label of a pregnant, <laughs> pregnant woman <laughs> with a line through it, <laughs> like, a, like a road sign. <laughs> no pregnant women. No pregnant women should drink this beer. But it's only 4%, and uh, as we'll find out shortly, they're not all Belgian beers are this light. No. no. Mm. Oh. Yeah, but we were definitely knocked out quite a lot in Belgium. <laughs> yeah. Beer yeah. was so strong. Do <laughs> oh, you think scores for this one? Mm. Mm. Uh, well, high scores for me, because I like this. Mm. Um, it's not as nice as the, the ones I had in Belgium, obviously. Uh, so I'm going to give this 8, because I really like it. Excellent. Jess, thoughts on this? Mm. I, I'm going to give it 6. Um, I would have given it a higher score earlier, but now I'm thinking it's a bit too sweet. Yeah. So six. Um, I'm going to give it four because it's not my thing at all. It's it's really really sweet. I think we'll find when we try the one that isn't sweetened that would be different to this. But all I can taste are peaches and sugar, and it's mm. it's well. I mean, if I drank that without thinking it was a beer, I would probably quite like it. Yeah. But because it's a beer, it's just not my thing at all, and it's it's more like a soft drink. Yeah, so four out of ten for me. I think I would agree. It just doesn't quite taste like a, a proper beer. Proper beer. So I'm going to give it five. Mm. So uh, on to the next one, which I have no idea what it is at the moment. But we'll, we'll, we'll pick one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, beer number two, a Creek beer, Leafman's. And this one is a nice old paper wrapper. Yeah, it's like Christmas Day, eh? <laughs> Champagne style uh, bottle top. Wow, is that going to... Let's hope it's not going <laughs> to explode everywhere. <laughs> Crack your screen. <laughs> yes, fingers in her ears. <laughs> yes, no uh, no beer top here. This is a champagne cork, so here we go. Ah, okay. it's quite pleasant. Yeah. I think Wimbledon. <laughs> right, Leafman's Creek beer is a sour cherry ale. And it's uh, 6%. And it's... Already, it's a totally different colour. Yeah. <laughs> While we're pouring this, um, I think Jess wanted to change her score for the yeah, previous beer slightly. So I do. On you go, Jess. My teeth are hurting from the last beer, and I'm not liking that. So I would like to downgrade my score, please. To uh, I think I'm going to make it four, because uh, it was fine for a few sips, and now my mouth hurts. It's going down the way. If it causes you pain, I think you should be able to downgrade it. I don't think there's a problem with that. <laughs> this is. Um, Strange on the nose. Yeah, yeah. It smells like a farm. 
I'd like to know what farms you've been to. <laughs> farms that say Dalkeith. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, the brewery Leafman's, are, I'm, I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it, are over 300 years old. They've got a really long tradition and history of brewing. And they produce, like most of these Belgian breweries, produce a range of wheat and fruit beers. Uh, Creek is Flemish for cherry, and so this is fermented with Morello cherries. And this is only made once a year in July, when the cherry harvest takes place. They, um, they get a huge cask of brown sour ale called Gudenbrand, which they just leave outside in these big uh, containers. And they dump all the cherries in and leave it for six months, and this is the result. Mm. And, uh, oh, it's, it's really, really um, it's, um, heady. sour, or I don't even know the word for it, acidic, or... Yeah. I've gone up to 6% on this one, and... Um, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I'm going the wrong way, or... <laughs> so it's so uh, dense. Yeah, and it is actually made with sugar and sweetness, although oh, right. I think we thought it wasn't, but it is. Um, and apparently, beer with sugar and sweetness contains barley malt. Six percent. Mm. It's certainly sweet and lingers at the back of the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is it, is it, <laughs> what's that? It, it's almost um, vinegary. I can't I even. I think there is a vinegar undertone there. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, I've, I've, mm. the always good Oxford bottle beer database describe it as being quite sharp on the nose, with obvious cherries and some banana. Banana. Uh, in the mouth, it's rather whiny with sour cherries and such mm. as a bubblegum. It's quite lively on the back of the throat. Right. There is a lot of wine, a wine uh, tone there. There is, yeah, I was thinking that. And it won a bronze medal for fruit beer at the 2004 International Brewing Awards. I, I, I think it's nowhere as near as nice as the cherry beers that I had in Belgium. Mm. I this don't is, like it actually. No? I have to say. This well, is the. Um, Range of beers that's more likely to be found on UK shores, though, in pubs and things. I've seen it in quite a few of the Leafman's mm. varieties. And well, I'm glad I'm not drinking a full glass of this. <laughs> yeah, it's I think it's about 14 spoons of sugar in every every. It dog. could definitely wake them up if you were tired. Absolutely. <laughs> the, uh, on the on the Oxford Beer Database, it's uh, one of these websites where people can submit uh, their own reviews of these beers. And I found one which I'm going to read out because I think it sums it up quite nicely. It's from a person who calls himself Silk Talk. And uh, they say that this beer is so sharp that you could deal with drunken hecklers in a Glasgow playhouse <laughs> while performing open heart surgery by candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> it has quite an inviting tingle, but in the mouth it gets extremely nasty. It hacks away like a berserker on speed, leaving a, <laughs> leaving a taste bud shriveled, raw and gasping for mercy. This is a mad concoction of sour wine and crab apples and seems best left for masochists. I can't sum it up any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fan of cherries at the best of time. But, uh, it's not particularly pleasant. <laughs> I, I tried a. a, um, a, a th this is from. this. We bought this from um, uh, Peckham's. Uh, I went round the corner. At, um, Belsize Park and bought a Creek cherry beer um, a couple of weeks ago um, from Budgeons and it was also fairly terrible, uh, very artificial tasting, artificially tasting, um, 
Sour sugary same same deal. Mm. Which is a real disappointment because the cherry beers that, that, that I did have in Belgium were, were lovely. So how were they different? They were less sweet or lighter, much lighter, um, more, more beery, less less sugary, winey, mm-hmm. um, and tasted as though some real cherries had seen the beer rather than the kind of. And I mean, real cherries have, have seen this beer, but it, it still has that kind of artificially taste about it. Sure. It's got a taste of bad calver about it. I like <laughs> wedding receptions that... <laughs> mm. It's a nice cherry colour, I'll give it a look. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like... Um, <laughs> it's like... It's like alcoholic penny sweets from the van. Kind of mashed down and, and added to vodka or something. Sugar. It's true, sour yeah. sweets. Yeah, like space... space what are they called? Space strips or something. Those really sour things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like like a like an alcoholic version of those. What's what's your thoughts? Jess? I I really don't like it. I, I think you would have to be masochist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, no, it's very kind of um, definitely pings you awake. It certainly does. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether you, you could just have coffee. <laughs> it comes from Oudenard, which is in Flemish East Flanders, north of Belgium, and it's known as the Pearl of the Flemish Ardennes because it was a world-renowned centre for tapestry production in the 16th century. Mm. There you go. It's twinned with Hastings. Mm. I think the problem we have with these beers is that because they they leave it for so long and it ferments for so long, then they add already fermented fruit. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so sour that Mm -hmm. they've got to put a lot of sugar in. So there's a lot of Sweet and sour tastes going on. Yeah. Mm. You're a sweet and sour devotee, Shawls. You're not, you're not digging this? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's the cherries, man. It's the cherries. <laughs> They're killing me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not a fan of sweet beer. So sweet and sour are my Chinese food, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I we think we got to the scoring stage. Or do you yeah, have more so. information for us? No, I'm pretty much out. Um, the only thing is that this is it's similar to the peach one, except the beer they use is different. Um, Timmermans use a lambic, whereas this uses a, a brown, sour brown ale. So it's going to be slightly different to a lot of the other Creek beers. And going back to what you were saying about the ones in Belgium were different. Mm. In fact, uh, when I was doing research about this, I found some websites who were saying that this Leafman's Creek beer isn't really a traditional Creek beer because they don't use a lambic, they use a different type of beer. Right. So it should be ca- classified alone on its own mm. little mini category. Um, but yeah, it's, it's incredibly sharp. Mm. Okay then, skulls on the doors. Um, <clears throat> pretty low because I've tasted the real thing. Um, so I'm going to give this two, two. I mean, just two. I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes my face grow up every time. I do it. Uh, I'm going to give it a five because it's. Um, I actually did prefer this to the peach one because. The, the, the added sourness was, I prefer lots of sour to lots of sweet, so for mm. that I give it one extra mark, but I still wouldn't like to drink a whole, imagine drinking a pint of this, blimey. Oh god. I, they're not designed to drink, be drunk in pints, I know, but um, yeah, five out of ten for me. I think I'm going to go with a three. I'm just wondering when I'm going to have the opportunity to give lower scores, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should go with lower than that, but um, no, I'm going to go with a three. and. Maybe there are worse beers out there, but well, we'll wait and see. That's 12 out of 20. That could be the lowest beer we've ever had. 
Um, I think it is actually, yeah. Until we try Bex. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. So time for beer three. Indeed. Yeah, this is Chimay Rouge. This is Chimay Rouge. Mm. Excellent. Well, this is Chimay Rouge. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, beer number three. Looks much darker. I shall do some opening, and uh, Richard will do some facts. Yes. Um, this is uh, we now we've gone away from the fruit beers. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa! We have a bit of spillage here. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's like throwing yourself on a grenade. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take one for the team. Paul is sucking up the froth here from this beer, which is overflowing. <laughs> it's still going. Wow. <laughs> I wish we had a vodcast. <laughs> I wish you could see this. It's still going. It's a heroic act. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's Paul's. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to do some pouring. Yeah. Maybe you could explain why it's done that, Richard. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> But it was quite the is, it, for the, uh... is it going to continue to do that inside their bodies? I hope not. Don't forget to leave a bit in the bottom. Yeah, that's probably why. Uh, yeah, so the first two were fruit beers, uh, and these two are now Trappist ales, so these are stronger, they've got much more alcohol in them. As um, I could tell. <laughs> and they're not fruity in any way, this one's uh, 7% alcohol. And uh, Chimay Rouge, because Chimay have three beers. Blonde. Oh, it smells nice. Kind of um, good bouquet, dark, orangey, rusty brownie colour. Yeah, she made a, a small, small town of about nine thousand people. Uh, we're in South Belgium now. The first two were in the northern Belgium, the Flemish area, but this is in the Wallonian region near France. That's nice. And Chimay is as a town is famed throughout the world for its beer and its cheese, which they produce in a local monastery. So. Uh, once you've had our, our first thoughts, we'll carry on and talk about why Trappist beers are so called. Mm. An, uh, an improvement, definitely, from the past two beers. Really nice. I don't think Andy likes it. It's certainly much stronger and uh, much more beer flavour to it, which is, which is good in my book. <laughs> mm. And sour without sweet. Yes. You know, I think works. Um, I'm getting the magic C word here, caramel. This is uh, it's a bit caramelly. Not as caramelly as we've had. I think the caramels we had in the past were kind of caramelly on the tongue. This is caramelly at the top of the mouth. I don't know what that means, but that's just the <laughs> sensation I'm getting. Different kind of caramel. Burnt caramel. <laughs> yeah. And I've got the bottom of the glass stuff, and it's quite cloudy. Yeah. It's bottle conditioned. It's a double, this one, a double. Um, which is a characteristic brown ale, which is bottle conditioned, so it's left to ferment naturally inside the bottle after they produce it. Which is why it exploded a little when I opened it. Yeah. And it's dominated by malt, and it's got very, very few hops in it. So this is a malty rather than a hoppy beer. There's some very specific um, pouring instructions and storage instructions on the back. Yeah, it's no tall thin glasses, must have <coughs> wide brandy-esque glasses, and must not store on the side. Which we do have. Yeah. Yes, we do. Swapped over from the champagne flutes. <laughs> Glass for every occasion in this podcast. 
Although I don't know how that affects it, they say that, I presume they say it has to be kept upright to keep the sediment at the bottom, but then when you open it and it froths everywhere, is that not the sediment going wee? Oh, if you look at my glass, it's, well, there's not a lot left, but um, it's kind of cloudier than the, the others yeah. are mm. taken from the top of the, top of the glass. Mm. But mine tastes fine, so. The, uh, the official website describe it as um, topped with a creamy head, although none of ours have any heads on. But we're not drinking it in the proper glass. Uh, it gives off a light, fruity apricot aroma. Uh, the taste, which imparts a silky sensation to the tongue, I mean, that's what you were getting with the caramel, is uh, made refreshing by a, a light touch of bitterness. Uh, to the palate, the taster perceives a pleasant astringency. This is a very wordy description. <laughs> which complements the flavour qualities of the beer very harmoniously. What, what is a pleasant astringency? <clears throat> <laughs> <We're stumped him. laughs> I, I'd not like to try an unpleasant astringency. <laughs> to, what, what, to be astringent, what is that? To be it, like... Isn't it? Isn't it a bitterness? Yeah, it's bitterness, isn't it? Astringency. So yeah. Whereas I, I would guess the Creek beer was an unpleasant astringency. This is a mm. slightly more pleasant. You like mm. it, just? Yeah, I really like it a lot, actually. Is this similar to more similar to the ones you're drinking when you're in Belgium? Yeah, I had some dark some darker beers there and they were quite nice. I think I had a Duvel. Um, Duvel, yeah. Dark I think Duvel and Chimay are the two main Trappist beers. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I like this. I would drink this for pleasure. I think I'd only have one or two of them though, because it is so quite strong. strong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a Trappist because it's brewed inside a monastery. It's that Abbey Notre Dame de Scourmont in, uh, in Chimay. We have some beer swapping. <laughs> and he's passing his beer around. Away. <laughs> I think what? we may have peaked on the, your... Yeah. <laughs> why, why are you giving up reference to the... I, I, it's, it's too... Yeasty? <laughs> no, actually, it's not, it's not no. very yeasty at all. It's, it's very bitter, very bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do prefer sweeter uh, beers. Um, I yeah. can't really pinpoint why I, I'm not keen on it. It doesn't really have a... a particularly strong flavour in one direction um, it's just kind of very bitter and quite strong um, but uh, as a non-beer drinker I, you know, I, uh, I defer my uh, no you're, you're here for the fruity beer expert <laughs> <laughs> you're a fruit beer expert yeah. well, uh, I would say that this beer does have a kind of whole mouth taste it does mouthfeel is that mouthfeel? Back to mouthfeel. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. But yeah, it certainly stimulates the taste buds all around the mouth, which is... Sure, yeah. Mm. Did you find it astringent? <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> yes. This has been brewed since 1862. The uh, Cistercian monks, they, they started... Um, well, initially they grew crops, and then there was a, a short jump from growing crops to growing crops that produce beer. Mm. That's what they do. And they also produce cheese, which is also... Very well, well famous. Uh, they do four beers. They do this is the Rouge, uh, and they do a Bleu, a Blanche, and a Doré. Um, and the Doré is only drunk at the Abbey. It's their own private beer. Uh, it's so secretive that even the Chimay official website has no mention of Doré. It only says they do really? three beers. Yeah. How did you find out about it? Because some uh, bottles of Doré are times times snuck out of the monastery, up the monk trousers leg or whatever. <laughs> 
and then uh, secretly tried the maybe. Because this this is their beer. They don't drink the strong stuff because you know they're monks. And oh, so yeah. what's the percentage then? It's only four percent. Oh right. Whereas the the rouge we're drinking now is the lesser of the three at seven. The other yeah. Oh God. Can you imagine drinking one of the stronger ones? God, they drink it at lunchtime as well. Well, they drink Dore at lunchtime. If they drank this at lunchtime, they wouldn't get much monkey. 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 Maybe, maybe just a similar process, um, not process, but similar percentage of wine, and they don't drink it as in, as in, in don't drink it in excess like we do. Mm-hmm. And of course, they, they do it in the monastery, so a lot of these beers are made to be kept. This will keep for uh, several years, whereas Mikon's um, Lager, you wouldn't want to keep that for more than. Well, well you not want to keep that really. <laughs> <laughs> Although, of course, I mean the monks in the UK, they they make. I mean the monks in. Devon make Buckfast and yeah. mm. that's which won't be tasted on this podcast. No, it's not a beer, so thankfully we can't <laughs> taste it. That's a, a fortified wine. Um, yeah, so I guess the, the the things they do, the the methods they use, the stuff they put in it, all contribute to being much stronger than the normal five percent style beers. Yeah. Your thoughts, Jess? Mm? Your thoughts? Um, I really like it. Why? Because it's sour. I like sour beers and. Um, it's it's got a great taste, um, and I think it's much better than the previous beers. Maybe if I'd had it as a first beer, I wouldn't have liked it so much. But it's been a real nice change to go from mm. the peach mm. and, the, and the cherry beers. How so does it compare to the similar ones that you had in Belgium? Um, I think I might have liked the Duvel better, the one that I had. Um, I can't remember what. You what did have quite a lot of that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tottering home at the end of the day. <laughs> Didn't get much monkeying done. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I honestly couldn't say, you know, I'd have to have a Devel here to compare. Unfortunately, we don't. Yeah. We're getting oversight now, right? But they, they do sell it in the shop down the street. Oversight, I'm just saying. <laughs> no. No more Womble jokes. No more the Womble jokes. Well, I think scores. We'll sure. Start yep. with you, Andy, again. Um, well, it's better than the cherry one. Um, more than a two, then. <laughs> more than a two. I, I, I could probably drink half a pint of it um, over about a period of an hour. <laughs> uh, so I think I'll give it three. Three? <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it seven, because um, I, I like it and I would drink it. But, I mean, obviously... Uh, I couldn't drink much of it because it's pretty strong. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, the taste is great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna give that an eight because I really, really like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good. We, we got it at just the right temperature. I think it says that you're supposed to drink it between ten to twelve degrees centigrade. And using your thermometer hands, who yeah. <laughs> gauged it was ten to twelve. That's the kind of beer that if you drank it when it was cold, it wouldn't taste like that. <clears throat> and uh, the the warmer it gets towards being not obviously warm room temperature, but the warmer it gets, the nicer it is. So um, it's such a nice beer. Yeah, that's an eight out of ten. It's really good. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go that far, but I'm going to give it a six because it's certainly better than the ones we've had previously. But I'm trying to remember the ones we've had in other podcasts, and mm. 
I think that's a six level. Certainly very tasty, but uh, no more than a bottle for me, I think. Too strong. It's 7%, but we're not finished because the one we're doing next is even stronger. <laughs> Oof, excellent. <laughs> right. yourself in. We'll yep. go on for that one and I'll tidy up the mess on the floor. Yep, Paul's made a spill on the floor. <laughs> Get a mop out. <laughs> Okay, beer number four, which is a whole garden, uh, Le Fruit Defendu, or The Forbidden Fruit. Over to you, Squire. Yep, Forbidden Fruit. Um, this is also known as Verboden Verrucht in the um, Flemish, I suppose. Uh, it's strong dark ale brewed by Hogarden, I'm sure. Everyone's heard of Hogarden. Well, I mean, I pronounce it Hogarden, but I think it's supposed to be Hugarden. I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Oh, right. So, might as well call it Hugo. Uh, this is a complex beer with a mixture of malts. Thank you. And spice with coriander. It's a uh, deep red in colour. Coriander? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's uh, rich, sweet, malty and full-bodied. Uh, and it's 8.5%, so it's an absolute killer in terms of alcohol. <laughs> Not stronger out there, but um, this is strong enough for us today, I think. Yeah, I was just thinking before that the shimmy I like so much, but because it's seven percent, I, I couldn't drink more than a couple. Yeah. So if they made one that was four to five percent, it would be fantastic, which they do. That's the Doré, which is why they let no one else drink it. So they're quite. Ah. They know what's going on. These monks. Mm. They're not. Keep themselves. Yeah. So mm. it's your first opinions on the Burden Brooked. Um, I'm still trying to take it in, to be honest. I'm having trouble actually distinguishing it from the last beer. I, I prefer it to the last beer actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why is that? It's it's smoother. It's it's gentler. It's um, mm. even though it's it's stronger alcoholically, it's it's um, less intrusive on the palate. <laughs> it doesn't taste as alcoholic, mm. as if we can tell between yeah. seven and eight point five. But um, it has a similar taste to the last one, but more. I'd say it's more eighty like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting. It definitely doesn't. It doesn't really have an aftertaste, it just, once it's down, that's it. I'm getting lingering stuff at the top of my mouth again. You've <laughs> <laughs> become over, oversensitive at the top of my mouth. You know, something stuck in the top of your mouth. <laughs> bit of chewing gum. <laughs> you're minty aftertaste. aftertaste. <laughs> I like it, but I have to find out why. <laughs> Uh, only you can find that. <laughs> only you can find that. Out. The last one had more character. They said more going on. This one well, just kind of sneaks up on you and goes, "Well, uh, there I am." Yeah. It's very smooth, actually. <laughs> it is smooth. Yeah. But you know, um, as Richard said, it's it's a complex beer, and it doesn't really have one kind of defining. This is what I am. Taste. Yep. Hmm. You can. It's kind of generally pleasant, but you can't really pin down why. Yeah. But you definitely couldn't just knock it back. That's no. the problem, you know. Mm. It's a zipper. Yeah. <laughs> it's a zipper. Mm. Uh, so it's brewed by the enormous Hoogarden Brewery. And the brewery was founded in 1965, so that's quite a recent brewery, considering how, how much it's grown since then. It was founded by a Belgian milkman called uh, Pierre Solis, who lives in the small town of Hoogarden. And uh, he was very frustrated that all the breweries in his town were closing, so... He thought, after the last one closed, he thought, well, I can set up a brewery. So he did. And he set up the brewery in his uh, hayloft and he started producing beer. He didn't know anything about it. He was a milkman. So 
over the time he, he got better and better and better and it, it really took off. Sadly his, his brewery burned down in 1985, uh, not in the hayloft, the actual brewery that he then built before then. And uh, he could only continue with money supplied by the Belgian giant InBev, who are a massive corporation. And they gave the money to him to carry on and resurrect his brewery, which unfortunately for him, uh, disenchanted him because they were putting more and more stuff in and eventually he sold up to them and left. Um, he went to America, to Texas, to start brewing traditional Belgian beer there, but his factory there also got into trouble and he was bought out by Miller. So <laughs> oh, no. Well, <laughs> Pierre, he's there. Maybe he should get back to his milk round. <laughs> yeah. uh, InBev are the world's largest beer producer. In 2006, their sales were worth 13 billion euros in 130 countries. And I've got a list, and actually a list on their website, all the beer brands they produce, and there's over 100 of them. Mm. Specific beers, including, well, I mean, it's Bass, Stale Bass, Beck's, Boddington's, uh, Budweiser, Labatt's, Lone Brown, Murphy's, Star Primer, Stella, Tenants. Wow. Plus 90 others. I feel dirty. <laughs> yep, now the only who got them. I take it the, the, the who got that you get in the pub is. Tends to be much lighter than this. Yeah, this is a speciality beer from Hoogarden, yeah. It's different to the Hoogarden wheat beer, mm. which comes in those huge <coughs> tumblers and it looks like yeah, washing very, up. Liquid. very yeah. light. And let me put lemon in it. Apparently, you're supposed to drink Hoogarden. The first one you drink, you have to drink in three goes. That's, that's the tradition. It doesn't matter how big the goes are, but you have to have it in three gulps. Wow. And that's in the small... Again, it's, they drink it in small portions. The, the, the big, massive, kind of tankered tumbler... It's a, a marketing thing. They, in the in Who Garden, they just drink it in small glasses. Mm. The big tumbler glasses, though, they're still only a pint, even though they're mm. like a pint and a half. But yeah, they're just really a, chunky. It's an illusion. <laughs> just an illusion. Mm. There's a song in there somewhere. There is. Let's not do the song. Well, you your And it gets worse because in, in December 2005, Inbev announced they were closing the Who Garden factory and moving it to the south of Belgium into Jupil. Um, but because it's the only major employer in the town, which is only six and a half thousand people, if the locals protested so much that they, they stopped, well, they're still going to move it, but they're, they're waiting until they can find a proper time. So pretty soon, Hugh Garden won't be brewed in Hugh Garden. Mm-hmm. Only sad stories out there about yeah. breweries. Yeah. Don't like learning all this stuff. No, sometimes you're better off not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> Just enjoying the beer. Yeah. And do you enjoy it? Um, yeah, it's kind of like being hypnotised by a beer. And you know, it's, it's hypnotising you into liking it and you don't really know yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's yeah. called the forbidden fruit. Uh, <laughs> don't be tempted. But, um, oh, I, I, yeah, I really like it. But yeah. why? <laughs> I think it's the, it is the smoothness mm. that kind of passes through and there, there isn't a particular aftertaste. Mm. I don't think. <laughs> 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 you know, our senses have been known, but we're zombies now. We don't, don't really know what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's the percentage. <laughs> it is three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Mm. You can't be expected to know that. <laughs> it's. Uh, right, I can see some sediment flowing in there, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's another one of those bits in. This one is recommends serving at four degrees, so it's a bit bit colder than the uh, the Chimay. Mm. Which maybe why it's more refreshing. I don't know. I don't know why it's called the Forbidden Fruit. Um, the label has 
Actually, they've got into trouble over their label, which features a detail of a Rubens painting of Adam and Eve with the strategically placed leaves, and it's been doctored to show them drinking beer. Mm, that's quite fast from that, really. So if you have a <laughs> if you have a video iPod or you're watching this on listening to this on iTunes, you, you'll be able to see. I'll put a picture of the label up on. If not, you can just Google it. Uh, but it didn't go down very well in America. So uh, mm, yeah. ah yes, mm. the religious right. Yeah, all wrong. <laughs> but that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to religious talk. <laughs> well, it's a Sunday. <laughs> yes. A godcast. Yeah, we're drinking beer on a Sunday. Oh, yeah, but I, I do like it. It's um, and it does. Now, now, I don't know. If this is just suggestion or not. But now that Paul said it, it tastes like an eighty. It does taste like an eighty, albeit a very strong one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we wrap up with some scores? Sure. Mm. Well, uh, stick with the older. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's quite nice. It, it doesn't taste as strong as it as it is. Um, great pleasant going down. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a six, eh? Excellent, Jess. Um, an eight. An eight. Wow. I think it it's the best beer. Um, it was. I don't know why. It's very confusing, but I like it a lot. Um, and I probably couldn't drink very much of it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah. no, it's really nice. Uh, just very, uh, very easy to drink, um, despite being quite a high percentage. Mm-hmm. It's almost frustrating, hey, that they make this nice beer you can't drink a lot of, because <laughs> it's so strong. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven, um, because it is very good. I, I think I do prefer Chimay slightly more than this. Uh, again, I um, can't really put my finger on why. It's just a maybe it's a mouthfeel thing. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, seven out of ten. It is very nice. And uh, again, if it was half the percentage, I'd be drinking this all the time. But if it was half the percentage, it wouldn't taste like this. No, it's very true. Um, Tying between a five or a six. I think I give this Shimei a six. So I'm going to give this one a five, even though I do like it. But I think because I don't know why I like it. I'm, uh, mm. I'm slightly wary of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'll stick with the five there. But uh, certainly a drink of one bottle and that would be me. But, uh, yeah. Very nice. Mm. But it'd be a nice you. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that kind of wraps it up this week. Yeah, so we've had two... It's almost like we've had two halves in this podcast. We've had the, the two fruity, crazy ones. And then we've had the two the Trappist ones at the end, which I think probably came out on top. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. But again, you were saying the fruit beers in Belgium were different to the mm. fruit beers we had. Yeah, they were much nicer. Yeah. Mm. Just lighter, uh, more organic tasting. Um, almost felt good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Is it one of your five a day? I guess it would be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, would you recommend Belgium as a destination for beer lovers to go? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It was, I mean, there's so and you're many... You're not a beer drinker either. So. Yeah. yeah, but there's so many atmospheric bars and mm. uh, everyone's really friendly. It's just got a real atmosphere about it. And, mm. and you wouldn't immediately think it, of it as a place to go, but it's a really, really enjoyable weekend. Huge mm. beer menus as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, plus, you know that the beer's coming from uh, down the road. Um, so it's fresh as. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe we need to go to... I'm not being to Belgium, but yeah, it's no, tough. Okay. No, I haven't. No. Mm. They certainly do do a lot of beers there. Mm. 
I can recommend the Hotel Silken, which is next to the... Yeah, you can get a good deal on the Eurostar. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't go from Edinburgh, the Eurostar. (laughs) (laughs) No, sorry. Junior, I don't know. Well, um, this isn't it for Belgium. We'll be trying another three or four beers next time with uh, some different uh, podcast guests. This has become something of a theme. We're splitting each country into two episodes. (laughs) We're going to have to stop at some point. (laughs) Yeah, but once we get to places that don't have that many to find, then we'll stop splitting the episodes into two. But we will have a second Belgian edition. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. But until then, um, don't forget you can email us at um, thebeercast.googlemail.com if you've got any questions or if you've got any beers you think we should try or if you think we're doing good or bad stuff, just let us know. And don't forget to visit our blog, which is uh, beercast.blogspot.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a comment in iTunes or uh, give us a rating. Yes, because we have a rating of one. We need to improve it. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Yeah. yeah, get to it, people. Indeed. All right. Until then, goodbye. And thanks to Andy and Jess for joining us from London. Pleasure. Thank you. Right. Bye. Bye. Disgusting. I wasn't expecting it to be that bad. It was. Pretty horrible.